All right, we're here with Mark from the DC Cinematic Minute. Mark, how are you doing today? Good, Lance. How are you doing, man? I am great. I am <laughs> a whole bunch of emotions, really. And yeah. I'm excited to kind of talk about it and get into it. But before we get into that, let's tell the listeners at home a little bit about yourself, about the amazing projects that you've taken on and just the... I'm going to say insane level of podcasting that you're doing and how awesome it is. Yeah, I I, I probably, that's my biggest problem is probably doing too much work. Um, But I, I, first of all, I co-host DC Cinematic Minute. That was my first child, first love. Um, Nate and I, Nate is my co-host. We talk about DC Comics all the time. And we always have this passion about it. Really what you're hearing on the show is just what we talk in off microphone. So back in 2017 and following the, the aftermath that was Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, we just continued to keep having these conversations. And we thought, oh, you know, we should just put this on recording. We do it anyways. Might as well just record it and put it out there. And so Star Wars Minute was doing their thing and they got popular during that time. So we said we could do the minute by minute format as well and talk about the current DC movies because at that time, the DCEU, as they call it, was just getting its ground footing. It was like they did BVS, it set up the whole thing, Suicide Squad followed, and then Wonder Woman hadn't even come out yet. And we said this would be a great time to jump on that and just like we said just just talk about what we talk about anyways so it gave us a good structure so we did that and then um like as time went on we had um a friend who wanted to to do tarantino minute so we we jumped on that we we started doing tarantino minute as well um johnny does austin powers minute and we kind of started like a bit of a like a work group like a kind of like a uh, we call it two old media and it's kind of like a, a joint group where we all work on projects together. Um, but most of the time I'm, I'm in there. So I'm, I'm always working on something. And <clears throat> now, now I've got two other ones where Nate and I talk about Doom Patrol because we love Doom Patrol a lot. And then when we found out they were doing a TV show, we thought we were in some alternate universe where that would actually exist because who is ever going to green light a Doom Patrol show? Uh, but here it is coming out with a second season um, in June. So it blew our minds. And we, we, that was another thing where we were like, we can't have anyone on a podcast and, and us not have a podcast where we talk about it. So <clears throat> I thought we have to do it. We have to have a Doom Patrol podcast. Uh, so we did that. And that to me was a work of art, like doing the scripts. Nate does like this interdimensional DJ. He lives out in space and he's like reeling like you know signals and different music and you know it's such a weird i guess idea of what the podcast would be um but then you know when it gets down to it's just us talking about the the show that come that came out um and then now i'm doing um a project that i've been trying to get off the ground for a long time but it's just me it's called atomic blast and it's a it's a godzilla based podcast that goes about the legendary monsterverse so I talk about Godzilla right now. I'm talking about the 2014 film, but that one is just each like DVD chapter of the, the MonsterVerse films. I go through it and I just, I analyze it. I commentate, I bring in what's behind the scenes stuff and maybe differences in the novelization, yada, yada, yada. It's just like 
my inner thoughts of how much I love the Godzilla franchise and everything that I was like, I want a Godzilla podcast that I just put my thoughts out and don't really care if anyone listens to it. That's just for me. (laughs) And that's pretty much it. I mean, I think that's any podcasting, you know, we all just talk about what we want to talk about and hopefully somebody will listen. If not, yeah, we keep talking. Uh, And yeah, those minute by minute shows, you know, I've, some of you probably recognize Mark because you and Nate were on my show way back when we, um, cause I've been on your show. I'm the Ben Affleck guy. I guess that's kind of what, <laughs> yeah. what I've become. Uh, and I'm a okay with that, but those minute by minute shows, they're, they're tough. I keep saying I'm going to do like a silent film minute and I, I dream project. I want to do teen Titans, go to the minutes and do a teen Titan, go to the movies. But there's a lot to break down in, in that movie. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. And even when you think you found everything in that movie, because it's just a cartoon that can really just draw anything in any frame, mm-hmm. there's a lot that you might miss out on. And that, that would be a good one to do. It, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. Um, yeah. But so obviously, you're a huge DC person. And yeah. DCEU. Now, I think most people... No, that that's not the official the official name i forget it's some weird thing that they came out with it's, yeah i call it the dc cinematic universe i think it's just it sounds better mm-hmm. um the dc eu is like four syllables that almost sound the same so to me it's a tongue twister just like saying suicide squad or task force x it's like it, I, I get tired of saying those things over and over again so saying dc cinematic universe or dc cinematic minute really helps me to just say what I need to say without it being like, oh, yeah, you know, the DCEU, ha- like, like, it's... When I hear DCEU, it makes me think of, like, the European Union. So it's like Justice League International. You know, it's not even the JLA. Yeah, the, yeah I never thought about that. DC. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what, like, the Justice League of, you know... Uh, Who's it like Captain Britain or something like yeah, like the boot the one with like booster gold and blue yeah. and all those they're like, oh, you're you're that Justice League. Okay. Yeah. So that's what when I hear DC EU, I'm like, the the European version of the movies. So yeah, yeah. I, I like the cinematic one. But that's why you're here, is because um last week we got the news that the internet, half the internet has been begging for, and the other half has been begging them to shut up about. And that's, we're getting the Snyder Cut next year on HBO Max. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's a, it's such a weird, I think just, just the road to getting Zack Snyder's Justice League was something that was weird to me. I mean, first of all, being, first of all, what happened to the film was draining of like my energy and and Nathan's energy to the point where, you know, we have um, so far on our podcast, we've done Man of Steel, uh, Dawn of Justice, as we call it, uh, Suicide Squad. And then, you know, Wonder Woman Minute is coming out June 1st. Um, We've been really working on that one and that one's pretty much done. Um, And so, you know, after Wonder Woman comes Justice League, and we really didn't know what we were going to do about that. So, you know, we even had talks of like, are we going to just stop or are we going to skip it until they release the the Snyder Cut, as they call it? Um, we didn't know what to do with it, but we knew that 
the reason that we do this podcast, the reason why, why anyone should do anything is because they're passionate about it. And when you're not passionate about it, then why are you doing it? And why would, why would people want to listen to it? So um, I didn't want to do a podcast where I just critique or like pull apart this movie that was basically just like this Frankenstein studio job thing. And people listen to it and then be like either upset or like, I don't know. Like <clears throat> I kept thinking like, there's no way this content's going to be enjoyable for anyone, person making it or the person listening to it. So we just didn't know what to do. And I remember, you know, always joking either with Nate or, you know, in, in my own thoughts of just being like, well, I hope the Snyder Cut comes out before we get to Justice League so that we can just do it then. And so be it, it's happening. So thank God, um, after Wonder Woman Minute, we will be covering Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, on the minute-by-minute format. So we look very forward to that. Um, but yeah, we were, it was a close call because it really drained us. It, it, it was making it not fun or not as passionate to talk about it. Um, and then and then the movement happened. The, the movement of release the Snyder Cut, which is, first of all, I think, I think people argue more about the, the semantics of the name of the movement more than they argue about if the, you know, if the director's version of the movie should come out or if it will come out or if it could come out, it was like, you know, someone was saying release the Snyder Cut and someone is over here saying, well, they should finish it first. And then you have someone saying it's already done and then someone saying, okay, but it needs visual effects works to be done. And someone's like, well, that's still, it's still done in editing and, you know, it just needs the touch-ups. And, you know, so there was a lot of, um, you know, once it got announced, once they were like, hey, HBO Max 2021, Zack Snyder's Justice League, everyone in every corner of the internet was saying, I'm right. You know, like they're saying it does exist. They're saying, yeah, but it's not finished. So I'm right. And so there are a lot of people just being like, no matter what, I have to look like I'm right in this scenario. And I think that bothered me the most because I want to agree with all of them. But at the same time, it's like, if anyone needs to feel right, it's that, <laughs> it's that the people who worked on the film now have a version coming out that they worked on. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very selfish the entire time how people are treating the goal of Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's not that, to me at least, I mean, I'm very happy and elated that it's happening. And it's because I think it's the right thing to do. You know, if anyone was working on a movie, you know, and we've had our Scott Rillies and we've had our David Lynch's and David Fincher's and, uh, you know, so many directors have had their projects turned up, you know, inside out, you know, Josh Trank with Fantastic Four, like, to me, it was about fighting for them, you know, like, stop doing this, stop ruining what people are trying to see. Just let the director do its thing. If you didn't like it, you shouldn't have gotten the director to do it in the first place. Um, And so that was my goal. And now I I know a lot of people want to blame the the Snyder bros or whatever they're calling them, the Snyder cult um, for like harassing a studio, but it was harassing a studio to do the right thing. Um, And it's not like 
I'm supporting their toxicity because I, you know, even my DC Cinematic Minute account has been fighting off the toxic, I guess you would call them like the, the more toxic DC uh, accounts who are just like completely hateful in, in a lot of ways. Um, but like I would have to fend them off more than fending off people who, who didn't like it. And I, I try not to get in fights with people on the internet. You know, that's a very 2004 thing to do. Um, so I, I, uh, I always try to fight for what was the right thing to do and, and, and try to tell people why Zack Snyder's Justice League was the right thing to do. Um, and it was never about, you know, I want to see Wonder Woman cut Steppenwolf's head off. It's not about being dark and gritty. It was about like, the studio's got to stop doing this in the first place. It's about honoring the, the vision, you know? Yeah. You, like you said, you hired him, you knew his vision, yeah, and then you squash it. But you know, talking about all this, you know, and like I said, it's been going on for three years now, two three years. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that now they're saying, okay, we're going to release it? Because I've heard, you know, obviously it's going to be a big push for HBO Max, their new streaming service. Like I get that, but mm-hmm. then there's also been talks that you know he screened it for like Jim Lee and other DC executives and Warner Brother executives. Um, so why, why now, why is, why are we just now getting the Snyder cut? Do you think? I think, I think people who actually work in the business, um, really admire Zach as a director. I think everyone who takes the time to understand his, his craftsmanship as a director, they really start to notice how good of a head he has on his shoulders and they like working with him. And, and um, I think the internet (laughs) going back to them, like can really paint a a bad picture of someone. Um, And like we've seen with, you know, you, they can do it with anyone. They can do it with Joss Whedon. They can do it, you know, anyone in, in the business, they can have like a internet persona of how the internet perceives them. And then there are people who actually work with them and then they go, that's not him. You know, you got people who, who actually like try to work with him. You got like people like Dave Bautista, who's like, I would love to work with Zack Snyder. And then he goes on to work with him in army of the dead. Like there are people who really support him and know what he's about. And so I think back then, and then now like with that three year gap, there were people who supported him and they were like, yeah, please go ahead and, you know, do Batman v Superman, which I guess was supposed to be the Man of Steel sequel. And then it turned into what it turned into. Um, and then they gave him the keys to Justice League. Um, they believed in that. And then Batman v Superman happened and they quickly like lost confidence in him. And now over time, that confidence in him is has, has returned because of, the release the Snyder cut movement. Um, and that's just not, not considering HBO max because the HBO max thing is the smartest decision that they could have made. Like if you want to talk about logic decisions, HBO max, that whole thing, the smartest move, Warner brothers, AT&T Warner media, whatever you want to call it. That was the smartest move they could have made, uh, putting it on there. 
um, ethically, I think they were starting to be like, you know, this, you know, it wasn't right. And for some people like Ray Fisher, who, you know, casted to be this cyborg, who was supposed to tie this team together in this movie or whatever. Um, just been a very good person. And then uh, looking at Ben Affleck, you go, wow, this really derailed him as a person. And like, he suffered a lot and you burned one of your, not only one of your biggest actors, but one of your biggest directors. Um, and then we hadn't seen him in a while until he came back with the way back. Um, so I, I think now is, it's because I want to say there was a really big push with the release, the Snyder cut move movement back in November 17th 2019 so two years after the movie came out um basically all of the dc cinematic universe fandom they were like hey this day this time just make it happen and um you know Zack snyder was like yeah you know i could help with that and so he he also helped promote the the hashtag and what it meant for everyone and it just was like if anyone was going to push for it, like today was that day. And, um, yeah, they, they heard it. They heard, they heard all the, all the, the movement, uh, tweets and, and, and videos and podcasting, everything that was using the hashtag. And, um, that's when I think most importantly, Gal Gadot and, and Ben Affleck joining that because Gal Gadot has a huge following, mm-hmm. um, inside the DC cinematic universe and, and outside of it now um, to a lot of people, she is wonder woman. And so they, they look up to her and, you know, if she's fighting for it, that means everyone who worked on the movie is fighting for it. Um, and well, then Ben Affleck supporting it since yeah. day one, you know? Yeah. Ben Affleck was probably the biggest, the biggest mic drop in the whole thing, because, you know, going back to Ben Affleck being burned by all of it, you know, he doesn't, Oh, that oh anything you know he could have been like no it was the worst time of my life i'm not going to support any of that i want it in the past but he you know even now with the announcement he's like i'm excited like i you know i want to see this thing i, I think it's important for zach to, to come out with it and ben affleck has a huge following regardless if he's batman regardless if it's a dc film regardless you know of anything um well he's well respected in, in like even people who don't like his as i mean we all know my feelings about ben uh yeah first name basis but you know he he's respected if nothing else you know people yeah when he does stuff and i'm glad you you brought up all those names because kind of compare it to what you were talking uh something you mentioned earlier fan four stick you know with snyder cut you did see uh gal and jason and ben and everybody saying hey do this versus fan four stick where everyone's like eh, it it was a movie we did you know yeah you, you didn't have that push and i think that that's really like, like you said you know i think that's real helpful to the causes when everybody involved with the project i mean even um junkie xl right is that the mm-hmm. yeah when he's like hey my i i scored it it's ready i'm excited you know so when you have all these people who if anything, you know, like you said, they should be upset with Warner Brothers or something. They're like, hey, no, let's all get together and let's do this. And so it's really cool to see everybody come together, um, which was, you know, the, the theme song, uh, one of the, yeah. the main songs. And I think that 
that's really neat with yeah. with the cut though you know i i know um well you and i have talked on your show about it in your facebook group we've talked about it there's you i know you have some fan theories that some of them have almost been confirmed like with martian manhunter and things but what are some stuff you hope to see both as a fan and just as a fan of dc and as a fan of movies like what are you hoping to see when they release the cut um there's there's a couple things and as as far as the fan theories go um I hope they don't post anymore. I hope they save it for the movie to come out because that that start that starts to bother me. Um, David Ayer also is talking about Suicide Squad getting its director's cut version released, and I want to see it. I love it, and I'm pretty sure I've already talked about everything that is missing in the movie. So whenever he says something, I'm always like, that confirms exactly what we talked about on our podcast. But please don't tell me anymore. Just, I want to see the movie. Like, don't spoil it. Don't show me the Adam. Don't show me, you know, uh, Martian Manhunter. Just put the movie out. Let me be surprised when I finally watch it. I don't want it to be a checklist of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing I'm most, most important that I, that I want to see um, on a fan service level is that Ray Fisher gets his moment to shine as Cyborg, who's supposed to be, they say it numerous times, but he's the heart of the film. He's supposed to be the character that, that brings them together and his pain, his sorrow, what it means to, you know, Cyborg's origin to be ripped from like your normal life into now being trapped in like this robot body and you lose your mother and stuff like that. Um, and then now you have a tie to Apocalypse and Dark Side. That to me was completely taken away from the film and it was something I was looking forward to, you know, Cyborg's one of my favorite characters. And so that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I want to see Cyborg have his day in that movie or have the worst day of his life in that movie as, as it should happen. Um, But I want to see that. And then on more of like why we have these movies in the first place, you know, like, or why we have superhero comic books in the first place is something to aspire to. And with the theatrical version of Justice League that came out, like, yeah, it's fun. It's campy. You could treat it like a, an episode of Justice League. It's just in live action. Um, it has a, it has a light tone, but the, the message that it sends in the end is like, even if you guys are together, you're nothing without, ex machina superman coming in and being like well i'm gonna punch the alien in the face and now we're all you know he was 99.9 percent of the team's power and the justice league was just there you know fighting the parademons um i don't like that message um i think when you do a film it's that they should work together you know that's why avengers work so well in what was it 2014 or 2013 yeah, whatever. Oh, 2012. Yeah. <laughs> 2012. Um, you know, when you see Avengers, they're, they're working together and they're fighting the, the Ch- uh, Chitari, it's like you feel kind of like a fist pumping, like, yeah, like they're working together. This is it. Like, I feel like I want to have a group dynamic with my buddies in that kind of way. And Justice League, the, the movie that came out, didn't feel that way because there wasn't a, an aspiring message 
of what superheroes are and what they what they mean to children or to to anyone who's going through something you know um we were talking when we were doing man of steel we had a guest on um she had like you know she was going through cancer at the time man of steel came out and man of steel really spoke to her and um even though you know i'm not a i'm not a christian person or you know i know that man of steel has like a christian allegory to it but for her that spoke to her and you know that seeing superman is kind of like um this person who wants to do the right thing and, and this this ray of hope those are why these movies speak to us you know we see um you know uh, another good example is uh, uh black panther you see that um t'chaka or uh, t'challa wants to do the right thing because he sees his brother or like his stepbrother basically um is what happens when you don't do the right thing that someone grows up in a bad environment so now he wants to fix that those are that's why we do any of this This is why we write stories to begin with so that's what i want i'm looking forward to a better movie that you take something out of is what i'm trying to say (laughs) yeah and i think we're gonna get it i really do i'm pretty pretty excited about it um you mentioned the suicide squad director's cut that's now Mm -hmm. especially in the last week gaining a lot of momentum uh i I had a theory, a proposal that I threw out on the internet the other day of I want them to take Affleck's Daredevil script and make it into a graphic novel. You know, you don't have to make it into a, a full movie because you have the Batman coming out with Pattinson and stuff. But like just, you know, you see that all the time where scripts are, are I mean, they did it with Robocop, like um, Frank Miller's original script from Robocop. I can't remember if it was two or three. They went back they didn't, it kind of got butchered by the studio. So they made the original script into a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I would love to see them do that with uh, Ben Affleck's, you know, get Kevin Smith in there to kind of tweak it for comic books a little bit. And they get somebody like uh, Andy or Adam Kubert on the art. And I think it would be awesome. And then, yeah, if we do get a suicide squad director's cut, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. But going forward, you know, what do you want to see from DC? Do you, do you think they're going to kind of circle back to the Snyder vision? Or, I mean, I think, I think everything would be different if Wonder Woman 84 came out. If it was already out to see how the, the universe was going, you know, because you had uh, Aquaman more or less standalone, Shazam more or less standalone, but then Birds of Prey kind of tie in, but not really uh so we're birds of prey some credit i i it was a little bit more um love lettery to suicide squad than i thought it was going to be i thought they were going to completely just be like we're not going to talk about it but you know I, I i just saw birds of prey for like the fourth time uh two days ago um just because i love that movie so much but like i am always surprised of like the little suicide squad things here and there mm-hmm. and being like oh wow it's it's, it already makes me feel good, even though that movie, the you know, is a nightmare sometimes. Like it's nice to see those little things here and there. Um, I'm, you know, I wonder if the postponement of Wonder Woman 1984 really did have an effect on uh, releasing the Snyder Cut. But I, I'm very surprised DC doesn't do the like the graphic novel of certain things, you know, like there was always 
there's always things about, I mean, look at the Superman Lives, the Nicolas Cage one. Why isn't that a graphic novel? Like or, Richard Donner got to have a run on Superman and he told his Superman three story, like what he wanted to do for Superman three. They let yeah. him do it. So I think they did um, uh, alien three finally came out as a graphic novel. They released that one so that everyone can see what they want to do with that movie. Um, I'm going to have to check out the Robocop one. Cause I didn't know they did. <laughs> I didn't know they did that. And I want to see that because um, I watched Robocop during this whole lockdown situation. And I, I, Love that first one, and then I was wa- I was watching the second one again, and I remember I this time I was thinking, I don't think it's as good as I remember it, <laughs> um, and I I guess maybe it all at the time it all blended together, but that first one really sticks out as just like aesthetically, it's just like this cyberpunky police brutality movie. Yeah. Like it has such a it has such a flavor to it that I think ages well over time you look back at the first robocop and you go wow they were really doing something here um with dc i think i think they need to to get on the ball with that i think um what is it now that people are talking about batman forever the the red book edition have you heard of that no i haven't so um batman and they do the they do the uh Burton and Schumacher Batman films one one minute at a time, but um, because they've been talking about it so much, there's like talk about all the deleted scenes of Batman Forever, um, in which Bruce Wayne has to come to this traumatic revelation that he's been hiding from himself is that there's a book like he had a diary as a kid, and like the last page or something is him saying that. You know, his father's upset with him that he wants to take him to this this opera to see this this play or something. I, I can't remember the exact. I don't want to say they went they wanted to see Zora or anything um, and be wrong about that. But like, basically, the revelation in Batman Forever is that he's upset with himself because he made his parents go out that night, and his his dad was upset with him already that night that he had to go out and do that, and then they die. And so all this gets cut from Batman Forever. Um, and so it's more of just like a high octane, like neon superhero thriller. Um, but there's like these very vulnerable moments of, of Bruce Wayne that they don't, that's not in there. And so people are like, oh, put that in there. He has like this like big scene where they have this huge animatronic bat that they didn't include in the movie, but there's photos of it going around the internet right now. Um, and so things like that, it's like, it's there guys, just release it. <laughs> it's free money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You just make a few tweets, you know, you spend 10 million to tweak it or do whatever. And if you make 20 million off of it, boom, you know, it, it's, it's good to go. So yeah. it's definitely going to be interesting to see what comes next. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for, for everybody. Yeah, I think the I think the most interesting thing about Zack Snyder's Justice League is just the fact that they're also putting in money, like not just releasing it, not just being like, "All right, we'll put it on HBO Max. You're gonna pay for it. And you're gonna see it." But they're like giving him at least twenty million dollars to to finish it. Yeah, and some voiceovers is, and special effects, and yeah, that that to me is like. 
again, that goes back to people fighting over who's right. Like, oh yeah, but this proves it's not finished. To me, I'm like, yo, the fact that WB is like, here, take $20 million to finish it. That's like to a me, money to me. Like, hey, it's a victory. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being like, to me, that's, to me, that's the apology. To me, that's like, hey, you know, we want to release it. We want you to finish it and release it. Yeah. Like they could have just been like, yeah, they want it. Throw it out there and say, here, make it good. Put it out there. Well, to um, use a, a Marvel analogy, and I, I will totally give DC credit for this, but you look at Marvel, they have the New Mutants movie. It's sitting in a box somewhere. It's done. It's completed. And they just keep delaying and postponing when they have multiple streaming platforms to put it out on. I mean, at this point, just throw it on Hulu or something to be done with it. You know, it, it, but I will say one good thing out of that story is it went from being rated R to being cut down to PG-13. But now they're saying it is the director's cut, even though they're not a cut before that. But when it finally gets released, it's going to be the director's cut. So Warner Brothers saying, hey, we realize that we had a movie and underperformed, underwhelmed, and really kind of broke the fan base um, in, in a lot of ways. Not only, uh, not even fatigue, because I mean, Marvel has 24 movies under the belt. People aren't fatigued of superhero movies. It was just, people were just worn out with all the drama and everything. Mm-hmm. And you get, there are people out there who love the Justice League movie. I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's not the, like we were talking about, it's not the Justice League movie. It's a fun mm-hmm. little summer popcorn movie. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm glad that DC is kind of realizing that they have something there and that they are putting money into it. Uh, be, there's, they're going to make their money back on people who just signed up for that first month of HBO Max. They may not sign up for any more, but... There's going to be so, so many that do just that first day. Yeah. Um, I think, first of all, with New Mutants, put that thing on video on, on demand. I've been, wait, I've been waiting to see that movie for a long time. Um, I, was, I was on board from the beginning, like from the very first trailer to each new release date. I've always been like, I want to see the movie. Um, now I'm like, just put it out there because I'll buy it. I, you know, and that's money that they could have. Um, when it's in the same boat, all the actors and actresses were like, yeah, this was a fun movie. We had a good time. Like the director's cut is good. So it's, I'm not, I feel weird saying it's the Marvel equivalent of the Snyder cut, but it kind of is at this point. To me, I mean, I I don't know what else would be, I don't know what else is similar to it. Um, besides other DC movies, because it seems to happen a lot with Warner brothers. Um, I remember like trying to trying to get like new mutants trending in a sense of like, please just release the movie or or something like that. Cause there was a time where it just didn't have a date. They were, it was just like frozen. They were like, we don't. And I was just like, you know, please like put that movie out there. Um, And that was just like in an echo chamber, like no one cared, you know? But when you look at the the Snyder Cut movement and you have actors and stunt workers and writers, cinematographers, directors, everyone in the world is like, yeah, we're all about it. Like whatever we can do to help put that out there so you you can get Warner Brothers to listen to us and and release that movie. There's no one else doing it like Zack Snyder's Justice League was doing it. Even like 
everyone was on board for it. Like um, going back to Josh Trank and his Fantastic Four, he's like, no, I'm good. You know, people have been like, you're next guy. We'll do it. We'll do release, release Josh Trank's uh, Fantastic Four. And he's like, nah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> it I was burned. I won't do it again. Um, but it's hard to compare anything like Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, but that's, we got to stop it from happening again. That's, that's, that's what we got to look forward to. We can't do this. This has to stop. It's like, to me, yes, it does. Maybe it doesn't really, but when people say it sets a precedent, it's like the precedent should be that you, that, that this doesn't happen again. You know, if you don't want Zack Snyder to make a justice league movie, don't hire him to do it. Someone once told me on DC Cinematic Minute, you know, to me, they were like, to me, my, in my opinion, Batman v Superman is one of the most Ill, ill-advised movies, um, you know, ever, ever put out. And I was like, for ill-advised, you're absolutely correct because maybe, maybe they shouldn't have given us that, but they did. And now we want more of it. Um, if you didn't want Batman v Superman the way it came out, maybe we shouldn't have followed in the footsteps of Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins who set this whole thing into like, everything's got to be like the Dark Knight, you know? Um, That's, ill-advised is probably the best way to put it because then it just comes down to preference, you know? Like, if you don't like it, that's you, but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie kind of thing. What makes it a bad movie is when the studios go, we have to make Zack Snyder's Justice League look like Joss Whedon's Age of Ultron. It's like, uh, that's not what he was hired for. <laughs> yeah. And as fans, you know, like when I go to a Marvel movie, I know what I'm getting. When I go to a DC movie, I know what I'm getting. And that's why I go to those movies is because there is that precedent of, okay, yeah, DC may be a little, I hate using the word dark and gritty, you know, but it's, it's kind of what you get. A little more brutal, I guess, would be a better way. And then you get Justice League, which is brutal in a whole different uh, (laughs) light. But it's, you know, I I think instead of... They were trying to play catch-up the whole time. And I I think we've talked about this before. But, you know, instead of doing their own thing, which I feel like Snyder could have totally done, they were like, well, we want to do our own thing, but we want to catch up to Marvel, and we kind of want to copy what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think the release of Snyder Cut, that is DC saying, okay, hey, wait, no, this is our thing. This is what we want to do. And hopefully it'll light some more fires, you know. My uh, my yeah. last question for you, and this, I, I didn't tell you about this before, so I'm kind of springing it on you. <laughs> so there's the, the two rumors going around that we're going to get the Snyder Cut as the, you know, three and a half, four hour movie. And then there's also as a mini series. Um, I have my preference. I would prefer a movie. Like I'll sit there for four hours in a movie if I have to, but do you have a, a preference one way or another? Or do you think it would work better in one format or another? Um, for his, and this already is my answer, I guess, but for his movie, I would rather it be the movie because that's kind of like how it was conceived you know like i think trying to now force it into a mini series is kind of going back to forcing the movie to be something that it's not so and i i think mini series are the best way to go about anything 
if like I prefer a miniseries over a movie or an actual show, you know, especially with HBO, um, they do a lot of miniseries and I, I burn through those because I like, I like a six episode or, you know, I guess it comes down to like a six hour story. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's perfect. I don't care about having other seasons that no, because at that point you're just dragging out the, the business of making money off stories. To me, the mini series is like, here's a story and we don't care how long it takes. We don't care if one episode is 30 minutes or one episode is an hour and a half. Like the mini series is like the most free range version of a cinematic storytelling. Um, but I don't think that's what they had intended for this movie. So I'm going to go with just put it out as the movie. Cause I don't even know how they would end one episode and go into the next. They would have to like stop every three chapters of like, uh, if, you know, if it was a movie and it was like 18 DVD chapters, they'd probably have to be like, okay, we'll put three chapters of it on episode one and, episode two is chapters four five and six i I don't know it'd be it would probably come out a little too anticlimactic sometimes or something you know well Um, oh sorry yeah that's well like you said you know you're it's edited together as a movie so yeah and then also to go back to the marvel versus dc you know marvel is doing all their disney plus shows as six episode miniseries they've already Mm -hmm. announced loki um, uh, Vision Scarlet Witch and then the Falcon Winter Soldier, they're all going to be in that format. So, again, I think if DC does that, it, even though if that's not their in- intention, it's going to look like they're copying Marvel. And so I would much rather yeah. them release the long format. But. That's, a, that's the business model now. And even that, I have some debatable thoughts on, you know, like... If they do the miniseries thing, that's definitely Warner Brothers being like, hey, we want it to be a miniseries. I don't think Zack Snyder prefers it to be a miniseries. Um, and and I know that Disney does it because they think the week-by-week release date is working. Um, but some people compared The Mandalorian to The Witcher um, because they released at the same time. And The Witcher was just like, here's the whole season. You know, day one drop, like, it's all there. And if Mandalorian didn't have the child, I don't know how much it would have stuck around. You know, the child was, like, all people would talk about. Um, Of course, everyone calls it Baby Yoda, but, like, um, you know, I think the numbers were probably better for The Witcher. Someone's going to have to, like, well, it's also on Netflix, so maybe, you know, People have more access to watch The Witcher than they do The Mandalorian. Um, But that's another thing. It's like, wouldn't it be just better to just drop the whole movie? Because then I'm going to have to wait a week to see if Justice League is going to be a good story at the end of it. You know, it's like, it's a business model because you're getting another, you know, if, if Justice League is six episodes, that's six weeks, that's two months. Um, so you're going to get built for two months. That's, you know, if they drop it once, then people just have to sign up for that month, watch the movie and so be it. So it's a business decision. 
I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree with it. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully they didn't go through all of this and all the internet back and forth and everything to just go through and be like, um, well, we're changing our mind again. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a mini series. Yeah. Like, sure. I wouldn't put anything past them, any of those big yeah. studios, because, you know, they, like you said, they don't care about, I mean, we well, didn't say this, but they care about their dollars and not you and I. So you yeah. and I want that, that four hour movie, three hour movie, whatever. But, and again, not to go back to Marvel, but I think in-game proved that people will sit through three, three and a half hours if it's good. Yeah. You know, um, before in-game, I think we were really trending to that hour and a half, two hour mark for movies. And that was it, which I'm a film person and you're a film person. Movies can be over two hours and still be great, but people as a whole weren't, weren't seeing that. And so hopefully with some of these longer movies coming out, it will kind of get, you know, now some movies, yes, they only need to be 90 minutes, but these big, Justice League, Avengers style movies where you have seven characters, they they need to be three plus hours because, you know, like you said, the like the cyborg story, that's gonna be forty-five minutes of screen time right there. And yeah. so it's it's I don't know. We'll see. It I, goes back, yeah, it goes back to that whole ill advised comment. You know, like what kind of movie are you putting out? Like a two hour movie, like do you think this superhero movie is just going to be a popcorn flick that people are going to want to sit and just, you know, turn their brain off for two hours and enjoy a movie. Fine. You can have that, but you have to say that from the beginning, you have to set it up that way. You can't make someone try to write like their Magna Carta or their swan song and, and then be like, okay, well we want to take that monument that you built and now we want to turn it into like a mobile home and you know it's cheap and you know you got to start from the beginning to be like hey it's going to be this fun adventure um i think the the minute thing or you know some people saying like oh it's a three-hour movie that's so long that's a cultural thing that we started doing that we really need to stop doing we really need to stop saying that a three-hour movie is a bad idea. Or, well, I don't understand know. how people are like, oh, that's a, that you know, I can't sit there three hours, but I binged all eight episodes of Tiger King in a day. I'm like, that's yeah, I, thing. <laughs> in, in, in our binge culture, which I have really unpopular opinions about binging. Um, but yeah, I don't understand. Like you'll watch 14 episodes of The Office in a day, but you won't sit through a three-hour movie. Most people sit around doing nothing for hours, mm-hmm. whether it's video gaming or reading a book even, or just checking social media. They're on Twitter for hours or they're surfing YouTube videos until they end up in some black hole or some dark corner of YouTube. They don't know how they got there. They're doing it for hours and like they're invested in it. Some people even search Wikipedia for hours and they end up on something they didn't even realize they wanted to learn about. And I don't see why that has to, it's such a weird, weird excuse for not liking a movie that Mm. it's three hours or that it's too long or like, you know, um, what's a good example is like Aquaman. Like that was a long movie, but to me it was like, if it was any shorter, it would be the weirdest like turnaround between Aquaman being who he is to being on top of this giant 
aquatic dinosaur. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's, it's to me, it's, I don't know. The runtime thing bothers me. And I feel like it's one of those, the, the worst traits of, of the movie going audiences mm. is making the studios cater to them in that way. And that, that's what bothers me. Yeah. I mean, to, not to beat it up again, but I mean, fan four stick, it's missing like the whole second act. Like you go from first act to third act and uh, you, and it's a broken movie because of it, but Oh, you know, it's, it's under two hours, so it's okay. And I, I don't know. It's that, that's, that's a podcast for a whole nother time. Like I said, yeah. I can, uh, I have a whole thing about quantity versus quality when it comes to binging, but um, yeah, either way, I think we can all safely say we are cautiously excited. I normally say cautiously optimistic, but I would go a step farther and say we're cautiously excited about next year and the release of the Snyder cut. Um, You know, it's, we're we're all going to watch it. Even people who didn't want it, they're going to watch it because it's become such a cultural movement, such a big internet movement. You know, like you said, there's all these people in different corners of the internet really pulling for the same thing. They just don't act like it. Um, so I, I think it's going to be really interesting. You know, I think it's unfortunate that nobody releases streaming numbers because we'll, you know, we'll never know. Did 5 million people watch it in the first day or did mm-hmm. 50 million people watch it? Uh, although I, I feel like if, you know, a hundred million people watch it, HBO would be like, Oh, Hey, look, we, everybody watched it, but I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, We'll, we'll see. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always fun geeking out and talking about DC stuff. <laughs> where yeah. can uh, where can everybody find you out there on the internet? Uh, you can find me uh, on all social media at Mark Meadows. Um, Meadows with a, with a Z at the end. Don't get me confused with the, the senator, Mark Meadows. But, um, or MarkMeadows.com. You can find all the shows there as well. Um, right now, we got Wonder Woman, June 1st, 2020. Check that out. That's going to be a great one. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. All the other ones, I mean, they're just a lot of fun. Like you said, if you haven't checked them out, they're worth it because I know like when I was on the show, I went back and watched the movies. And then after we talked about them, I watched them again because you see it through a different lens and a different eye. And you're like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. there. I never even thought that this camera movement, yeah, it draws your attention here. And it does that because when you're watching it, you know, you're engrossed in the film. So if if you're a fan of, films if you're a fan of the characters definitely check out all the minutes um it, it's a blast again mark thank you so much for being on the show and we'll have to get together when it comes out and see what what it's all about absolutely thank you so much and yeah and i look forward to watching Zack snyder justice league with everyone like whether they don't like the films or his his films or or not like I want I want people to watch it and I want people to watch it with me and I think we'll Nate and I will probably do like a a live stream or something everyone can watch it with us and um, I'm planning on buying HBO Max for like several people just so they can go watch <laughs> it and be like I want people to watch it. I want people to see what what it is that I like about it because I think most of the time people are just like oh I don't like it but I've never seen it you know yeah. like Batman v Superman was a big one like oh I've never seen it but I heard it's garbage and it's like well, you don't know. So yeah. join, join me in the sun and we'll watch it together. <laughs> Come to the light. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, thank you all so much out there for listening and we will see you next time.